and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. What's happening everybody and welcome to this, another episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Well tonight we have got a special show where we're going away from our usual format of talking about WWE shows, everything, etc. And we're going to be doing a bit about wrestling training. So I've got a panel full of trainees and wrestlers who have been trained in the past. Maybe I've gave up, maybe not, who knows. You'll, you'll be able to tell when I go round the panel. I'm your host this week, Stephen Wilson, who has not trained in wrestling, has no intention to because he's scared of bumps. I thought you were going to let me suplex you. Maybe later. He'll land on his feet. <laughs> Trust me, he won't. <laughs> Right, so here is our panel. First of all, representing GPWA, who has got trainers such as BT Gun, Wolfgang, Lionheart, with some graduates such as Leighton Buzzard and Ravy Davy, making his comeback to Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat, a comeback that has drawn comparisons to many to the Cologne's recent return on SmackDown. It's Andy Mitchell. Hey, how's it going? How's things, man? It's good to be back. Yes, you took time off because you were training. I was, yeah. I was, uh, no, I'm a. Uh... Semi, no, not semi. I'm a very amateur, shitty wrestler. Ellie, <laughs> <laughs> you got through, so. <laughs> yeah, did you? Nothing to snuff at, so it's good to have you back on. Uh, our next panelist was representing PBW, which is tra- the trainer of Kid Fight, and has got grads such as Kaylee Ray and Kenny Williams. I would call her a female trainee, but it's, um, it's not worth the hassle it's going to cause me. So she's just a trainee. I did not call you a female trainer. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not shocked at that. I'm shocked that you missed out my actual trainer. Who is your actual trainer? TJ Rage. TJ Rage, of course. How could I forget TJ Rage? Shocking. Absolutely. Shocking. I went. I went generic and screwed up. I'm, I'm doing my Dave and Courtney impersonation here. I right. hope he spears you now. Write that botch down. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I ended up who's never listened before as a botch count. <laughs> yeah. So Jamie's here. Hello. Well, thanks for riffing, riffing me already after two minutes. You're welcome. <laughs> That's a record. <laughs> and next up, he started off at BCW, then moved on to what was called Area 52, which became SWA, which is now known as Source. It's Source Wrestling, who's a famous trainers of Kelly and Dane, Big Demo, now training Mikey Whitlass, successful grads, Lewis Garvin, Coffees, DCT, and himself. He's the leader of the What Would Strack Do movement, as Quacko likes to put it, because he loves to bang these tables. It's Strack. Strack. How you doing, guys? How's your things, man? Not bad, but trust me, you're going to get suplexed at some point. I've got a crash map somewhere, even still, Air 52 one will use that. We've got, to, we've got to put the name to good use of the suplex. Yeah, we've got to repeat it as well. So. Yeah. No, you have to retweet it. You have to retweet I it. Retweet you say it. eat, sleep, suplex. You never took a suplex? That's in the name. It was catchy. I went with it, you know. It's not a phase. It's not a phase, no. We'll all suplex them together. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Tower of Doom. Uh, rounding off our panel tonight is a guest panellist tonight. Uh, he has got a trainee CV longer than the list of 1004 holds. Because he also started off at Area 52 SWA, but he is now... Uh, a trainee at the Reckless Intent School in Livingston, which has got trainers of Jam O'Malley, Michael Chase, and now Chris Renfrew. It's Cav. Hello, how are you doing, guys? How's things? Uh, good, always. Always yeah. good. Glad to be here. Yeah. Cav, if you know, is uh, not a fan of uh, our photography. No, 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 no. 
<laughs> this investigation has still not been concluded since I got here. I'm not happy with this. It was all Sarah. It was all Sarah. I'm, I'm waiting in the middle of Sarah is meant to be here today, but she heard you were on, and she's like, no, because I know, I know the guy's still angry with me, so you, I won't you, come you, through. You know what? And next time you see her, don't tell him I'm going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> don't start, don't, don't start. We've already got the Titans going to come in and, so, and attack I'm, Dave. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, he can come and dress up as a woman for the woman show. No. I'm just going to stop the unit just sit here and wait. The man in charge of said video investigation is a man who I had a thought to think of what his characteristics would be if he was a wrestler. And I thought he would have the killer instincts of Samoa Joe, the charisma of the Miz, but the technical ability of the great Kali. No, this isn't Kali in my presence. Yes, Kwaku Aji or MVEP. I'm gonna sweat. I'm, oh no, brain chop, you, you, you tell me to rip you to be bad at the worst on you. I will brain chop you, but there's nothing there to chop. <laughs> harsh, 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 harsh. So, yes, this week's show is all about wrestling trainee, trainers, trainees, training. That's what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to us for the first time, we have an extensive back catalogue of other episodes which are available on iTunes, all good Android podcasting sites and Spotify. Uh, if you like to, to follow us on social media, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Suplex Retweet. And if you like what you hear, give us a rating. Please give us five stars. If you're Dave Meltzer, give us seven stars. You know, it'll just break the star system. You know. Yeah. Uh, before we start, a quick thank you to Mr. David Grimison from Lopan Media for the use of the background music you can hear here. Power forward from the ICW album. David is available for music productions. He did not pay me to say that. No. <laughs> and that sounds like Div. <laughs> right, let's get cracking. And I thought it's a good way. Obviously, I'm not a, a wrestling trainee, and as we said, I'm scared of getting suplexed. <laughs> so I'm not going to do a lot of talking this week. I'm going to leave it to our panelists this week to do most of the talking. And we're going to start by going round each of them and asking them the big question: What got you into training? Obviously, why you chose your school, and obviously, we kind of know who trained Jamie, Jamie, but she's going to tell us a bit more about it. But first, I'm going to start with Andy here. I'm going to go around the panel here. Right. Andy, why did you decide to train? Well, obviously, picking GPWA and never seeing an ICW show is an, is an interesting combination. Yeah, it is actually. Uh, uh, well, I had a few friends, uh, Nathan Fisher, and uh, <laughs> who uh, unfortunately didn't pass. I think he came in second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as well, sorry, Nathan. Uh, no, and they had sort of done it, and uh, I joined like the Glasgow uh, Pro Wrestling Society at the uni, and uh, met Kez Evans from there, and actually I uh, was training like weightlifting uh, with uh, Kez Evans for a while, and don't know, just got talking about it, and for years I always wanted to try it, and I was getting like I'm 29 now, so I was thinking if I do it now. I didn't even know there was other uh, places, like you're saying sauces and eyebrows. Like, it used to be, it's it used to be in Paul Shaw's Alright, fair enough. Well, if it was still in Irish, I live in Govan, so I was like, I'm going all the way into town to, to <laughs> go into there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in but, uh, no, what was I saying? Totally went off tangent there. So, Kez Evans. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I actually was uh, out on a night out and uh, I bumped into Jack Jester when I was drunk. And uh, I was just, as most people do. <laughs> and I started to shut up to him. I was like, Are you a wrestler? And he goes, Yeah, I am. And I'm like, Yeah, I remember seeing you. And just was talking utter shite to him. And I just saw on his face, he was like, What are you, what are you wanting? And I was like, uh, uh, Oh, yeah, I've always wanted to be a, like, try it out. And he goes, Yeah, do it. Uh, like, basically, we've got GPWA. And yeah, and, uh, 
uh, my friend David Campbell, who's obviously on the podcast. Oh, the champ. Yeah, the champ. <laughs> uh, he was doing a wrestling film and wanted me to be in it. So, uh, fortunately, when it came around to doing the filming and stuff, uh, they were doing some inductions for it. So, yeah, it kind of all like fitted in and just... I think I was drunk when I actually signed up because I was a bit like, oh, I don't know if I, <laughs> if I want to do it. That's 125 quid. And I thought, yeah, well, I just was drunk, done it, and then woke up the next morning and I was like, oh, well, I've been accepted. So, yeah, that's really the story. Uh, you told me before the show that the main guys that kind of have changed yours, obviously Jester and Lionheart. Yeah. Uh, how, how is it training with him? All right, uh, pretty tough. Uh, Jester is... They're all great, but Jester has this sort of aura about him where... He's he's approachable, but he isn't at the same time. You're quite he's got he's, he's got such a presence that it is quite scary to ask him stuff. But when you do, he's like he's like really like direct and tells you how how to do it and stuff, and basically wants you to do it safely and as as good as you can. Uh, but yeah, we get trained by Lionheart, BT Gun, uh, Stevie Boy, Kayla Ray, and Wolfgang. Uh, it was quite funny because I remember when we first like sort of met him. Like as he said, I hadn't watched ICW before, so it's kind of like BT Gun sat there, like the ICW channel. I'm kind of like, who are these guys? Are they? <laughs> I remember seeing like Lionheart wrestle and uh, Jack Jester, but everyone else I kind of wasn't too sure who they were. And uh, now, obviously, like training with them, that I've checked out some of the matches and still haven't been to an ICW show yet, which I need to. <laughs> Definitely do. But. David Hockney's got the one before you, does you know? <laughs> I know. Uh, That's what you know, things are doing well. <laughs> I know, it's a bit bad that I'm training with them and I was like, nah, I've never been to your shows. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you could. Not to lie, I went to one at Freshers uh, in 2015, uh, 16 actually, so yeah. I did go to one, but I didn't really know much about it back then. I mean, you obviously, you say about Kez Evans, I mean, you and him could become a tag team and you could become the U Vaudevillains as he's been compared to a. Was it shit Simon Gotch? <laughs> you can be the you, you can be the UA in English. What the uh, shit in English? Yeah. Can you sing? Can you sing? No, I can't sing. No. I'll, Even I'll, better. I'll, uh, I'll warm your vocals up. Thank you. That sounds really nice. Uh, we'll, we'll move on now to Jamie. Uh, Jamie, you've already grilled me about missing out who your trainer was. But uh, what got you into getting into training? Well, here we go. I've got a great sob story for this, right? Yeah, mate. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, originally, I think what made me want to train was, I think I was like 12 or 13 years old, and obviously Drew Galloway on WWE, hearing me was from Glasgow, Scotland, <laughs> and it was like, well, this guy's from, like, where I am, maybe I could get there one day, and um, I, I was up in Aberdeen for a family event, and I decided, I was like, Do you know what, I'm just going to go for it, I'm going to actually go for it. Um, unfortunately, when we came back down, found out my dad was terminally ill, so we had to. We were looking after him for a few months. After he, well, the night he passed, I was staying up for Daniel Bryan's retirement speech, and the new day came out, and it's when they were still doing the power of positivity angle, so they're coming out and all clapping, and my dad dies right at that moment, oh. like right at that moment. I was sitting there going, I need to like turn this off before I wake my mum up. Like it's a sort of awkward. Um, after that, I totally didn't watch any wrestling. Like I was so done with it. I was like, I just—it was something to like. That was its fault. Like I was staying up to watch that, and yeah. then that happened. Um, so like a month after that, we were—we had all my dad's possessions and stuff. Um, we had a pair of really expensive cowboy boots, and I don't even know. I can't even remember how it happened. But Jester ended up getting them. So I ended up going in. Uh, going to the asylum to give him the boots and I, when I was in there I was like this place is actually pretty cool uh, and I ended up signing up for the asylum 
um, being there for like the first six months of my training and it was it was really good. Unfortunately I had to leave like with family stuff and injury and I think I was like 19 at the time so I was still on like £5 an hour so I couldn't afford to go back unfortunately because obviously it's like £125 in the one sitting you're making £5 an hour on an eight hour contract a week it just wasn't happening mm. um, so yeah months and months later well it took me out like over a year finally my friend Stone Malone uh, pushed me to come back and he was like come to PBW and Airdrie even though it was totally out my way but managed to get a taxi over and fell in love with it ever since. You say about those cowboy boots, I mean, they cowboy, I wonder what they cowboy boots could be. You think Jackie Poles wearing the cowboy boots? No, actually, no, once, Jester did come out in them once, and I can't remember, but he was cutting a promo and I was just, the whole time I was like, that's those boots, you still have them, like two years later, that's so cute. That is quite a cool story, that one, and as I said, some of the grads that came through the PBW school, it's, uh, you've got the likes of Kenny Williams and oh, Kayla yeah. Ray there, so... It's like, it might not be the same centre than energy, but it's the fact that like Kenny Williams was doing what I was doing, just like bumping on mats, like not having a proper ring, and he's like up in the big leagues now from the same trainer as well. Makes you think you can actually do it. Mm. If you want to hear about Kenny Williams' rise to NXT UK, you can hear how our interview with Kenny Williams in our back catalogue available on iTunes, Spotify, or <laughs> Android podcast. I, like, I, like, I like how you go from that beautiful story to that shameless cheap <laughs> You're so shameless. <laughs> Somebody has to be Ross. <laughs> Ross isn't here. I need you to kind of take on that mantle. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, moving on now, we're going to then go down to uh, to Strack. Uh, Strack, go back many many years and tell us about your <laughs> why. You realise I'm big enough to hurt you severely. If you can remember that far, I'm uh, your, I was oh. buying black white. <laughs> what got you interested in the training? Um, I, for years, when I was eight year old, I'd done kickboxing and Thai boxing, and right up till I was 18, and uh, won British titles, Scottish titles, and things like that. And I thought, I've done it really, so what else can I do? Always loved wrestling, always watched it for Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior, and like Mr. Perfect, and like right back at the 90s, start of the 90s, and kind of fell away from it. Then got back in towards like 1998, like Austin era. Hmm. And I was like, well, can maybe, maybe get into something like that? And I thought, nah, I'll, I'll just forget it. And then it ended up, I, was, I think I was about 19. I went to BCW in Rutherglen, and it was the basic, a basic training. It was basically a garage that had, the see the thin gym mats? The, the hard, solid things. It was that and a flare, and that was it. That with no ring, we had nothing. And it was me, Liam Thompson, Jack Jester, Drew Galloway, Wolfgang, Lionheart, um, no, Brad Fusion, oh. um, name. <laughs> um, and a guy, remember Big Kev, Colossus? Yes, I remember Big Kev. Love Big Kev. Um, it was basically just us, that was it. Um, and the guys, I went to train a, few, a couple of times and I was like, oh, this is it, this is how you train a wrestler, it's a shed with a couple of pads, but then Wolfie and Darkseid and that, they were going down south and doing one PW, meeting AJ Styles and Abyss and things like that. Drew was getting tryouts for WWE, and I was like, alright, well, must obviously get you somewhere, but then some show happened and financial issues and stuff like that, no, with myself the training, didn't have a training centre, so I was, went to SWA, 
It was actually, um, they done a show in Belsall, got this with Matt Busby across for us, and I was at the show and Grado was walking about the guardrail, and I just shouted at him, I said, here mate, where is it you train? And he's like, Paisley. And I says, alright, where about, and he was talking to me, and I says, I was thinking about coming, I was training with PCW and they've not got a centre now. And he went, oh, they're a number, phone that number and you can come to training. Didn't know it was Con's number, I thought it was his. So I phoned it, I was like, alright mate, remember I was talking to the show? Con's like that, who the fuck's this? <laughs> so, I think I've got the right number. Um, I was talking to Grant Dunbar. Uh, how did you know it was Con for the ringtone? You're Con. No, that's before this, man. That's before the phones had that. <laughs> the, the phones, the dial on them, the mobiles. Um, and I spoke to Con and I says, alright, I'll be coming to training and I've previously what I've done. And he says, I have no problem with that. Um, they're in Linwood. Come in and let's see what you think. So I came round and walked in and went, oh, they've got a ring. <laughs> Finally got up in the world. World of sport ring. And I went, oh, they've got a oh. solid world of sport ring, man. People were like, oh, I don't like bumping that ring. It's like, I'm used to it now. Um, the toilet as well, that was other things. Like, yeah, <laughs> ring in a toilet. Two toilets. Aye. Never get cleaned, but I've got two toilets. I love how in the other world, WWE, you've got this big state of the art performance centre and you're raving about a toilet. <laughs> well, that's how bad we were. We just got in there and we're like, ah, yeah, it's my gym mat, it's in a garage. And, um, I'd seen it in the end of SWA and got my start as chaos. Which I've now found out was a rib, which is brilliant. But um, <laughs> that's where I just started and then it was basically part of the A list with Wolfie and stuff like that. And it's stayed there for a while and then obviously left to start bodybuilding. Possibly thinking about going back. You tend to flip flop quite a lot when I talk about it. It's like wrestling, bodybuilding, wrestling, bodybuilding. <laughs> it's just two things I enjoy, man. It's like. Because with wrestling, the only thing is getting on shows and getting booked and things like that is completely different from bodybuilding because bodybuilding, I can obviously apply and I pay to compete on stage but at the same time I'm going to go on stage, I know I'm going to look at it and I know it's up to me how good I look to how good I place. Whereas the only bounce I can say with wrestling is you can go, knock your pan in and get nowhere. I've seen it happen to a lot of guys and it pisses me off, that's why I walked away. It's quite a thing about it, obviously. It's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to get into in any no. shape or form. Can I just walk in and think? Oh, I know how to backyard wrestle. I'll be <laughs> doing matches with with Wolfie and Chester, and like, no, you're you're the bottom of the ladder. You're ten feet underneath that when you start. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's a, it's a def, it's quite a, it's an interesting journey how it went from that to a, that that type of journey. Um, the belts. I can I wish I knew about that belt. It was. Uh, what was it again? I can't remember the name of the show. It was. What was the main event? I will tell you. It was always the same. It was always Corey against Magic. Was it the casket match? No. No. Because we were there for that. I wasn't there. I was there. I must have before you then. Uh, no, it wasn't that. But Corey had the white gear. Was that when he done his comeback? It's, no, that was a black gear. No, no, he done his comeback in the white gear first. All oh, right, aye, that then. We the woman, Hope. Aye. Uh, I can't remember the show, but I know why he's coming. <laughs> but I say, I was just at the show and I'm sitting with one of the guys and I was like, I may start going to this company and I say, I speak to Gredo, having a laugh, and I think Graham's probably one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet. Can I make a point? See if you come back to wrestling, you two need to be a tag team. We've tagged I, I, so I, I many times. <laughs> you two, wasn't that, wasn't that? Don't do this, don't do that, I'm worth it. <laughs> Every time we go to training, we keep getting put in tag matches, but then when we get a show, it's always me against him. I've wrestled you about four or five times yep. in shows. Every time we go What's to training, the numbers? boom. Who's one more? Who's one more? Of you two? I don't know. Remember that time we saved you and we made you dance? 
we need to talk about that more a bit yes. more later. Uh, but this is a perfect time to move on to your calf. <laughs> uh, <laughs> obviously, we can kind of tell there that you and Strachan both had a kind of similar journey. Yeah, but what yeah. got you into training? Uh, I don't know how old your listeners are, if they remember Power Slam. Uh, there was always an advert in the back of Power Slam for going down to the Hammerlock camps. Uh, I had applied to go to the Hammerlock camp when I was 15. Uh, then obviously like, my mum died when I was 15, so my dad kind of taught me out for going down. Uh, for there, I waited, I was about 19, and I found that my pal was training at the SWH school. Went in, and it's a Hammerlock school, I'm like, this is, you know, this is exactly this, this is me coming full circle. <laughs> the guys that trained there, if I had with them when I was 15, would have been the same guys I had met, so it was kind of, it was meant to be for me, really. Mm. Uh, so I started in there, trained off Conscience, Adam Shame, Billy Grange, Magic, all the, like, the big names back then of, of British wrestling, really. Uh, and, like Strack says, it had, we had a ring, we had a toilet, we had an actual venue, we were running shows. <laughs> That's so sad, I we, were running so shows we had a toilet. Back, back then, SW were one of the first companies to use, like, the, as they called it, the Tartantron and have ongoing storylines and stuff. Uh, for there, once Conscience left the business really, uh, Big Demo took over. He moved the school from Linwood to Ibrooks, mm -hmm. rebranded it as Source, and brought in different guys for training like Mikey Whiplash, who is like, stupidly influential in like, almost every wrestler in Scotland at the minute. The guy is you know, that good. Mm -hmm. uh, then they moved into Shawlands, or Pollock Shaw's kind of thereabouts, uh, and just upped the production tenfold there, uh, they started bringing in guys like Billy Gunn, James Storm, Virgo Devitt countless times, uh, Johnny Moss, Johnny Saint, Mari Jones, mm -hmm. Ultimo Dragon, Chris Saban, Christopher Daniels. This is stellar. Uh, who else? With Drew Galloway in, we've had probably more. I've, so I've, I've got it wrote down somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, since then, Whippies took over, as you know. Uh, the school has went from strength to strength, and you know it's a fantastic place. If you want to learn, that's it's a fantastic place to learn. Mm -hmm. uh, for there, I kind of bounced away from the schools. I'm literally looking to train everywhere and anywhere. So I ended up um, at Reckless Intent. I've uh, mm -hmm. been pals with Jamal Mali for like years. Uh, Michael Chaser just did his WWE tryout. The guy's on fire at the minute for his. You know, he's he's you know he's big at the minute. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's fantastically well, lovely, lovely fella. Let's say WWE tryout. I wanted to go pick his brain, see what see what they're doing there, mm -hmm. and then hopefully apply it to me, get myself moving about. Uh, occasionally, I'll train doing uh, Respect Pro, run by Bobby Roberts. Uh, they both look Lewis Govan is a trainer, Christopher Saint is a trainer. Sometimes me because like Demo did trust me at Source to train each Wednesday night beginners class. So some of the guys you may have seen. I had a hand in training them. So there you go. Uh, a lot of the interviews we've done in the past with guys who have came through Source, and the of, even the guys haven't came through Source, the amount of them who quote uh, Demo, obviously Killian Day now, as an influence to oh, him is unreal. De definitely, it's like that. Just even wee things, like Demo was, was really good at picking the wee things, going, do this, do this, change that, get rid of that, don't even think about doing this, <laughs> you know? But uh, I have a lot of time for, for Demo. I could, you know, spend hours talking about him, but you know. You don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody says that, but I mean, a, lot, a lot of people kind of say like he didn't want to do that training role, no, but, it, but he was kind of. It, it, it was a case of when Conscience was getting out of the business, when Peter was leaving, it was a case of like, where are we all meant to go? As, tra as trainees, as guys who had put money into the school and were wanting to be wrestlers, if that school had shut down, 
we were like, where are we going to go? Because back then, there was a huge divide amongst the training schools. It's like, if you trained with SW, you couldn't go to BCW, Aye. you couldn't go to PBW. You know, that was like, it was taboo. You could not do it. You know, that was it. Mm-hmm. So we were like, well, what's going to happen? And it was Demo. Demo obviously didn't want to give up his dream of being a wrestler. And just before then, we'd somehow managed to get John Laurinaitis in to take training, right? For a literally a closed door tryout for 12 people. Uh, all stemming for the NXT name. If you didn't know, SW used to own the NXT name. And yeah, WWE. Strax told us that in the yes, past. WWE bought, it, bought the rights to the name and. That was one of the things. So you two have wrestled on NXT? Technically, <laughs> I, I, I was the very, me and Stevie Xavier were the first ever match on the first ever NXT show. So there you yeah. go. Forget Seth Rollins become the first NXT champion, everyone should be chance to track me. And uh, so obviously Demo didn't want to give up on that dream, especially the fact that the only two guys that John Laurinaitis took to Raw the very next night was Demo and Jackie Polo. So Demo just essentially took over the school, put his own career on a back burner for a good couple of months, good couple of years, to make sure guys like us got an opportunity. And now uh, it's been repaid to him, Karma's came in for that guy, and he's going to be huge. Absolutely, absolutely. A five, a five star match now officially from Uncle Dave. So <laughs> take take who you think Uncle Dave is, you know, we'll be various Dave's so we'll to this show. Uh, so yeah, that's how you've all got into wrestling, got into the training, got picture schools, etc. Now we're just going to go around you, and you this, this is a question that we kind of came about before we talked about the show, the show, but it's an interesting one. You've all, before you've all trained, you've probably all dreamed about being a professional wrestler and watching in the tele and getting a chance. But obviously, there's things that you don't know when you go into the schools. I don't know, because I've never been in any of them. Here's a question to you. What do you wish you knew then that you know now from training? So what do you wish you knew before you started training? Now you open up... Uh, Strack, was that with you? Um, I knew, I knew, I wish, I knew before I started. To go to the toilet before you went to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like a BCW, it's like that, or to go to the side of the gravel mixer, that's when you go to the toilet. <laughs> uh, I don't know, there's nothing I was really unprepared for, because I see, I'd, I'd done no training for wrestling, but I'd done training before, so kind of, knew how it went, I knew how the, the training went and financially and stuff like that because you always need to make sure you're kind of set for because financially it does use up a lot because you've got obviously your training fee, you've got then your add in the drive so I was getting the 240 for View Park into Glasgow, the number 9 for Glasgow into Linwood and that was an hour and a half on a bus an hour and a half to get through. My bad, Paisley. For for anybody that doesn't know, the two forty from View Park to Glasgow is not exactly five, uh, five star. No, <laughs> neither's the number nine. <laughs> <laughs> you not heard about the number nine, boss? You not heard about the end? You drink tonic wine on the number nine. It is a golden rule. Have you not heard about the night two forty bus? Party bus. Aye, there's a there's a bouncer on that bus. That's the same as the number nine. Number nine is the only bus that goes everywhere apart from View Park. Just the thing when I started driving, I drove to I I can't remember how I ended up doing it, but I drove to Linwood. And I went, this took me 25 minutes. <laughs> Motorways, mate, motorways. But I'm like, how did this take me an hour and a half? See me BCW, it took me the two forty into Hamilton, then changed it to Hamilton, Bristol Motherwell, to go to Rutherglen. That was it. And then I drove to Eastgold Bride for one of my new jobs. 14 minutes! 
Expressways, um, motorways, you don't have to stop at traffic lights and you're not picking up every person at a uh, stop. That's how your time changes. So, honestly, what I wish I knew before, get a driving licence. <laughs> but, but you say about finance, obviously, I think it's, Jamie, I think you mentioned the past about the, the, the pricing, obviously, of the pads and that type oh, of stuff. Is that one of the things you wish you knew before you started, or was there anything else that you kind of wish? I don't really mind that, see, because like I was a bit dedicated. So like when I started this island, like, like there's no travel in Carlock on a Sundays at all, and the first train starts at like half ten. So when you're needing to be in Glasgow for eleven, so I was getting taxis that were upwards of like forty five pound into Glasgow just to make sure I could make training. Um, so like the pads and the shoes and all that, that doesn't bother me as much. It's more like, I guess, how much time, which I don't actually mind to see with like all the extras we'll get into later, is how much is expected of you, not just the training but also like you get your flight and you get everything else you need to do, but and then if you're working at the same time it gets pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, you have heard obviously it does take a lot, because you obviously, you, you, is it one, you, you start maybe like one class a week and then obviously more into it, you're obviously doing different nights mm-hmm. and so do you really? there's obviously, it's tra- you, you, have to, you, you you've literally, what you put in you'll get back, uh, if, you, yeah. if you're only going to one class a week, you're only going to learn so much, mm-hmm. if you really want it you'll be at more classes a week. Well see we only have it like on the Sundays but like there was a couple of weeks ago that we had it like, we had managed to get a seminar during the week. Them had training on Sunday, but then we also had three flying shifts as well. So try to like get all that in there. It's struggle, time management. It's enjoyable Fla- though. Flying shifts. Oh, I look forward to talking about this later on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got some good stories. <laughs> good takeaway yes. stories. Gav, you know? uh, what did you uh, wish you, you knew before you started training? See, to be honest, I don't know. I kind of went in there with a totally open mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anybody who knows me, uh, everyone knows that Arnold Schwarzenegger is my idol and aspire to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know DCT as a podcast? Or do you know I'm trying to get on it as a guest? <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you never seen my, my Facebook in March? <laughs> Austrian History Month where I watch every single movie in chronological order. Right? I've, I've enjoyed seeing that every year. I have, I'm still getting into that on this podcast. If you want to hear more about that, please follow me on Twitter. I'm going to have to follow you because uh, uh, also a big Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. <laughs> so, uh, as, as Arnie likes it, Arnie goes in a lot of stuff with an open mind. He doesn't want to know, you know, oh, this could happen, that could happen. Because then, you know, that's what he's just going and let it happen. So, I just went in there with a totally open mind going, you know what, I'm going to go in here. Eyes eyes open, mouth shut, and just go for it. Uh, so, that's, that's really it, you know. <laughs> uh, no looking back, probably, I think, I could have done this better, done that better, but it's hindsight. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot, that's just a general thing. I think with wrestling, though, you go into it with an open mind. I mean, you see some of the stuff that gets done. I mean, I've been critical of it recently, but you talk Joey Ryan and the penis droods. At <laughs> 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 all in is a great example of good old open, open <laughs> You know, I mean, I wasn't a fan of it, but you know, that's the thing. Every, everybody has, you know, my brother has different opinions. Wrestling is the most subjective art, not the man. Mm-hmm. You know, so obviously, what you don't like, Strack might like. What Strack doesn't like, I'll like. You know, it's, you know, it's one of the things. You know, mm-hmm. Something for everybody. I mean, going quickly off topic in terms of your Arnold Schwarzenegger thing, is 1997 Batman and Robin on this list of films that you want? Oh, yes. <laughs> of course it has to be. In fact, the, the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> Museum and Arnold fans on Twitter are trying to get Mr. Freeze trending on Saturday the 15th because it's Batman Day. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get it trending. So hashtag Mr. Freeze on Saturday <laughs> if you don't mind. Make as many icy puns as possible. <laughs> I've got to say, the, the Arnie fans, he's sitting with Dylan. 
t-shirt on oh, for yeah. Predator and I've got a, the, the red polo shirt for Predator 1 that Arnie's wearing so <laughs> Arnie needs a big cigar and that I said I'm doing the airport, uh, we've got to the train station like that. Speak, speaking of cigars, am I actually looking at importing some of Cody Rhodes American Rebel cigars? Which uh, you've got a good smoke. Interesting. Um, invite me around, please. <laughs> Depends how many I'm buying. <laughs> Import taxes. Sadly, we'll save the Arnie chat yeah. to DCT on his podcast. Uh, Andy. Uh, same again, like, I, I wasn't really, like, I don't, I, didn't, I don't really know what to think before I got in. I, I started, like, reading stuff online and stuff like like before training that and I found an article by uh, William Regal and it was kind of like telling you like like his experience and what to sort of like take from it and stuff so I kind of went in knowing that it would be tough and uh, and the only thing I could say is probably uh, work on your cardio before you go in oh. <laughs> that's probably the only thing I would I, I remember say. literally my first time at the asylum I couldn't walk for three days yeah, afterwards oh. see, I literally like actually well, couldn't see, walk see, see, see training now see when we first started the actual like, level of like cardio and yeah. stuff. I'm, I'm making air quotes by the way, just you know, uh, compared to now, it was atrocious. Like, you you've probably have done the like, deck of cards workout and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. See, when we first started, do 10 press ups, 10 squats, and 10 bumpies. That, that was it. Run in the car park, that was it. And you know, you wonder why guys back then don't look as good as the guys now, and the guys yeah. now are in a lot better shape, so you know. It'll be interesting in the second half of the show when we kind of talk about the training you did and compare your you two training to your two training. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, see, then again, I've trained like, for a long time, so I, I've experienced what you guys have experienced. Mm-hmm. I've had the best of both well, I say the best of both worlds, but you know. I mean, I'll quickly say as well, uh, always be on time because uh, on our second week we had some guy show up late and uh, he got the nickname Nacho because Jack Jessel was like, why are you late? And he goes, oh, I was eating nachos. And he was like, and we were all just done. I've heard that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We all done like 200 squats and we were doing our rolls and stuff and Jack just was like out the ring, he was doing another 100 squats mm-hmm. and we were just like dead. And uh, the guy was actually late because of the bus but he thought it would be funny and say what well, was eating nachos and that was it, it was kind of... Nachos? Yeah, <laughs> he, 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 he didn't last long after that. So. Oh jeez, that's, that, that's, that's bad you know. <laughs> just, just say it. Now, there's a tip for you, we've had um, Strack talking about public transport, we've had you talking about somebody who lied about public transport. <laughs> Your tip is so true now. Aye. Learn to drive, because if you have to get the bus, yeah. you end up late and you have to do an extra 100 squats. And you <laughs> get a rubbish nickname. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just honestly, yeah. it's like, I was 19 and I kind of, I started trying to drive when I was 17 and then because of the shitty instructor I had, I just gave it up. He was, he's totally, was you know, he? seeing I'm older, see looking back, I'm like, Oh, why don't I just fucking punch you in the mouth? <laughs> um, you know, like you're saying, but see, for where I learned to drive, I went for getting going to just a Sunday only session with SW, and that was getting getting the number nine, the classic number nine that you got to the mood. But see, as soon as I learned to drive, that was the case. I was going there Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday because the the car gives you the freedom to go and train yeah. whenever, whenever, or wherever. Aye, it's it, it makes it life so much easier. So honestly, if you're going to travel, because wrestling centres. There's never one near you. And there's never one near you. Promoters prefer it if you can drive. Mm. Aye. Always helps. Mm-hmm. Car shares, saving them money, all that sort of jazz. So, learn to drive always helps. Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's great examples of uh, obviously these trips to, trips away, you know, but the yeah. thing always helps when you have to tour somewhere. I mean, recently, obviously, WWE have done their ride along stuff, and the amount, the amount of driving they need to do between venues is unreal. Yeah. So, having that does help, and you don't need to take that. Dreaded two forty at night. And plus, especially if you get people in the car and you're driving back to like Newcastle or 
uh, Manchester, then you're falling asleep. If you're in the car yourself, you're pretty much gutted. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, you know, see the number nine, see coming back for training, we were all on the, the bus together. Yeah. That was a good laugh. That kind of made it worth it I mean, because we are all sitting just having a giggle. I mean, quickly before we take a break, um, is there any good car share stories anybody wants to share? That I'd allow to, that they can hey, share on air? I'm trying to think if I get any good. No. Not any wrestling related, but. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, me and Whippy went to Absolute Wrestling in Newcastle, which is. Uh, they've not run many shows recently, but they're a really, really well run company. Uh, and my sat nav died halfway there. <laughs> so, trying to find the way there. Plus, I was like taking a corner coming off the motorway at like 55 and we started sliding and stuff. But yo, know, we survived, we got there, uh, and we didn't die, so. Good night. A great example that I saw recently was it was so many year anniversary since the infamous uh, ICW trip to was it Sheffield? Oh, I know the story. Well, where they all broke down on the motorway and yeah. Drew had to hold the show up for like for like. Drew wrestled Matt Daly, coach trip and somebody else for maybe an hour. <laughs> just had him. For you should just 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 well Drew had flew down. You know what I mean? Or else they would have been right up shit creek. <laughs> could could you imagine them flying the fans like nobody there? No. Drew wrestled Matt Daly. Yeah. Jesus, man, that must have that must have been a bulldozer match. Well, yeah. that sh- I believe that show is on ICW on demand. Yeah, well, we- as in <laughs> my name is Matt Daly. No, it's just not against Matt, but Drew is a big boy. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> just- I love that Matt Daly. <laughs> the man who needs no introduction. Yeah. <laughs> I love Matt. I can see oh. I have a lot of time. I've trained with Matt at uh, Source. A uh, lot of time for the guy. Oh, he, 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 made, nice guy. he literally made everybody their push-up boards, which was nice of him. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Fact, so things like that will again come up in the second half, which uh, we're now going to go to a wee quick break. And in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about the actual training that you did. So obviously, we've got two contrasts, some contrasting opinions from how training's changed. So obviously, the moves you learned, the struggles you kind of had. What you could have done better when you're training, now that you learn. And we're also going to talk about what we talked about briefly as well, the other side of training. So obviously it's not just about actually learning to wrestle. There's a whole promoting, there's a whole getting the word out there, and obviously the costs and the balance. So we're going to talk about it, as well as getting at the panel future goals for where they want to go in wrestling and some advice that we give. But that's going to come up later on the show. Until then, here's what a famous wrestler, I believe he's a famous wrestler, mm-hmm. giving some advice to some trainees. You may know who he is. You may know who some of the trainees is, you don't hear any of them, but yes, this is Triple H talking to the Tough Enough cast. Oh, many, many years ago. So stay tuned and we'll be back in a couple of short minutes. Hello ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Do you know how hard it is to say that? Like I've done this like five times now and it's really, really hard. My name is Christopher Saint, I am the patriarch of the House of Saint and the leader of the Sensational Scene Birds. How you guys doing? Who's oh, sure? Yeah? Been hard so far. Big man in the back, you taking the bumps tough? You been hurt? Big f***ing deal. Everybody get in the ring. Take a bump. Flat back. Just for further notice, one of your nuts is hanging out of your shorts. You got a big hole. It's the difference between that bump and that 
What's the difference? Intensity. What do we do in the ring? From the time we walk through the curtain to the time we walk back through the curtain, we tell a story. But we don't tell it with words, we tell it with our bodies. Big man. You. Obviously, you've probably seen it before, seen it a million times. Do you throw a punch? I want you to try to hit him with a punch. Try not to knock his teeth out. It's good. Good snap. Hit me one time. See the difference in how fast I snap once you begin. React to this. Am I hitting you? Good snap. Good. Protect the mat. Do it again. You so like that in the ring, I'd tag you for real. What makes you want to be a wrestler? Uh, something different for me. It's a challenge. I like a challenge. You a fan? I'm a big fan. No? No. You just saw it on TV one day and thought I'd like to get my ass kicked for a living. How about you? Just a lot of them. The whole, the whole business, the athleticism, the, the pain, the fame, the glory. Want to get laid? Figure there's a lot of chicks, right? Follow wrestling around. The way I see it is, 200 plus days a year, we are on the road. You got kids, they grow up, you're not there. Your wife, she's sitting home. What's she doing? Don't know. Your husband, he's home. What's he doing? Don't know. You get home, you've been gone, you're tired, you're beat up, you're not done, it just starts. Now you gotta be super husband, you gotta be super wife, you gotta be super dad, you gotta be super mom. It's not an easy life. Careers are short, careers are fast. I'm not that tough. I'm no, I'm no tougher than anybody else in our business. But I respect our business. I love our business. I put my life on the line every day for our business. And I gladly do it and I will continue to do it until I can do it no longer. You guys are all on the easy track. And you have to earn respect in this business. It's not given to you, you earn it. You pay your dues. And right now, you guys are a mile ahead of where you should be paying dues. You guys have the greatest opportunity in the world, in my opinion, to be in the greatest business in the world. Do not f it up. Do not throw it away. Because if you do, you piss on every single person that has come before you. Every single person that has paid their dues, every single person that has busted their ass, every single old timer that's fairly crippled, that can't stand up, that can't walk, you piss on them. Every single person like Darren Drozdov, who's a friend of mine, that sits in a wheelchair and can't feel a damn thing from here down, you piss on them. You either want this or you don't. And if you don't want it, don't waste our f***ing time. Hi, this is Isla Dawn and you are listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet.
Welcome back to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I'm Stephen Wilson. I'm joined by Cav, Strack, Jamie, Andy, and Kwaku, and we are talking about wrestling training. Obviously, our panel in the first half have went through how they got into training and what they wish they would have known before they got into training. Clearly, it's learn to drive. That's the general. <laughs> that, that is the general. And, and don't go on the number nine bus. Don't go on the number nine bus. Um, before we get back onto the topic, I'd like to thank Christopher Saint and Isla Dawn for providing those sound bites for this week's show. Uh, if you're listening to us for the first time, please subscribe to us. We're on all good Android podcasting sites as well as iTunes and Spotify. And please follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Suplex Retweet. Right, let's now get on to the actual actual training. What he's actually training he's did when he's actually first started. Now, as we talked about in the first half, there's clearly some differences in the training now to the training back when Strack and Calf started. Major, major differences. So, I think it's best that we start with you to Strack Calf. Uh, what was the move? What was the moves and the type of trainings you did when you said we, when you first got when in there? We first started, right? Obviously, you do your your, your warm up. Back then, the warm up was like nothing, mm. uh, and we were at least a good couple of months before we were allowed anywhere near a ring. Aye. Right, that was that was the key thing. You earned the right to get in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we learned a lot of stuff like your collar and elbow tie ups. Your actual, like people would classify as chain wrestling. Oh, but you get that ground Hold for hold, hold for hold stuff. And like your strikes, your forearms, your axe handles, your kicks, your punches. Well, not really your punches because a lot of people are terrible. <laughs> uh, punches are one of the things. If, unless you're Jeff Jarrett, don't do them because his are a thing of beauty. You know what I'm Jarrett? Punches? Lovely. <laughs> uh, but it's a case of like, we learn the basic fundamentals. Mm. Once you were allowed in the ring, you would go over stuff like fair enough, you would do like your slams, your suplex stuff on the mats, but once you were in the ring, it was your internationals, your Texas dribbles, all these sort of different drills, these crazy name moves, your hip tosses and stuff in the ring, actually being able to run ropes and stuff, which is hugely underrated. If you kinda of run the ropes then you're you're government. Like see a lot of people fear to lean into the ropes. Uh-huh. You see them just kinda of gingerly read it as like you need to sink in it, it doesn't uh-huh. look like you're going anywhere. Mm. As you hear the thing is the type of thing you need to condition yourself into run those ropes regular kind of like yeah it's, it's, it's like if you don't run them properly like, I, I read like, an absolute ton of wrestling books and they always say about running the ropes if you're not running them right you're going to damage like your back your muscles and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, like, it Mick Foley says he was pissing blood if they running the ropes wrongly at the beginning so mm-hmm. you know these are the sort of things that if you don't condition your body to do that then you're, mm-hmm. you're going to really just Ruin yourself, so mm. it's. I would. I'd say that is like try and get your cardio up before you start, and try and put on a bit of muscle mass. Cardio because training now they will try and blow you up because uh-huh. they, they don't want you gonna. Because we used to get it. How many times we we did a show and a guy done a match and it was nine not even nine minutes, five minutes. No, not even five minutes. Blown up, <laughs> absolutely blown seen up. Seen guys on the entrance blown up. Stephen <laughs> Stephen Amell spoke that. Uh, about two or three minutes into his match with Christopher Daniels at All In, he was blowing up something uh, awful. They don't realise how how vigorous it is in your body. It's uh, the, the the difference between like exercising and wrestling mm. is a huge difference. You, you feel the you're saying well, I'll, I'll be a cardio, but you can't just go and do, like, oh, I'll hit the treadmill for twenty minutes and knock my cardio that way because it's a different type of no, cardio. You've got your it's kind of like a mix. It's the closest thing you probably get to it is CrossFit because you're running about that, but you're also you're going down, you're going up, you're moving, you're twisting, you're throwing your every muscle's getting used. Kind of like MMA. These guys do oh I do marathons, I do MMA. Not really. Pull you to the ground and you've not got the power to get back up. Mm. You're done. So 
it's a really big mix of everything. It's not just one thing. But it's, it's I, I, thought, I thought it was quite interesting the fact you said it took you so long to actually get into an actual ring. I mean, Andy, Jamie, how long did it take you to actually get into the actual ring? About was it quite as long or was it? About, about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think mine was like the next week, but yeah. especially with PBW, you don't get a ring. You like... So it's important to learn everything on the mats in case, as well, in case anything goes wrong. Alright, let's go with the privileged student over here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't actually remember it. He's got two though. rings. Yeah, we got two rings. Yeah. So said two rings. <laughs> One of them lived in the toilet. And then the <laughs> <laughs> it was it was proper built and it was far too high. And yeah. I can't actually remember. I don't know if we done a rolls first or we done a uh, call and tie up, but. Uh, I, we did get straight to ring right away. I think it was like week four where we ran the ropes and I just remember it like hurting like mad. I just had lines up my back and it is a case of you're never prepared to do it. But then just like now it's like just it's like nothing. Uh-huh. Just like now I'm at the point where I'm just like flying off the ropes too quick. I'm like three, what, where's three this come from? I don't even know how many that. I just ran. Oh, it's right. I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know about that back at the ring. Jimmy, you moved from you were obviously at the asylum and you went to PBW. Was it a difference having that type of type of training to then just learning the map? I guess uh, like it is sort of it is easier in a ring. Mm-hmm. See, going from taking a bump in a ring to taking it on like a little sort of kiddies tiny thin mat, it is a lot nicer getting back in the ring. But it also makes you appreciate it a lot more. Mm-hmm. You respect the fact that you're getting ring time. Yeah, like we sometimes get ring training before a show, but also depends like if we're on time, if anything needs done. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you get that, it might only be like 20 minutes, but you're appreciating that you're getting that time in to make yourself better. But then it's like you also know how to handle yourself in a match without a ring. So like the time at BCW where I can't, it was Joe Coffey versus someone in the the top rope went. And they still manage to finish the match and that that's what we're prepared for. Like you're not mm. using corners, you're not using ropes, you don't need to rely on anything. You just know how to wrestle. Yeah, yeah. you're basically getting that knowledge, yeah. Yeah, you kinda get that. It kinda reminds me just thinking of it like kinda amateur wrestling type style with the obviously Olympic uh, level where you're uh, where you're obviously it's a circle but it's uh, not exactly you're not relying like, on any different areas. I know I know Mikey where Whitlash is he's a huge fan of that kind of style of wrestling. Oh uh, yeah. And like guys like Tim Thatcher and stuff, he's brought them in to mm. teach people how to wrestle, which has been great. He's actually angelical. 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 Thank you. Uh, Shuxu's oh. party was a technical masterclass between the two of them. Yeah, that's, that's one of the good things about like if you're training at Source with Whippy, because he can pretty much do everything. That guy can. Uh, I've not seen it, but he has spoke about his 450. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I whip it out, but uh, the guy literally can do everything in wrestling. So there's no wonder why Chelsea is such a, like, a predominant school these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've obviously said a lot of the things you do, they're not easy. Mm-hmm. They're, they are really difficult. Yeah. Was there anything in particular any of you really struggled with uh, when you I, first started? I struggled with back, bump, uh, back bumps for a while. Uh, the first time I'd done it, I gave myself a flash. And uh, so it was kind of. I think it took. I think I just got through. I think I nearly never got through level one, where they were like saying that it was like those certain parts. I, towards the end, I sort of got uh, used to doing back bumps right properly, but there was a good time where I just couldn't do it. I sort of was arse and then back and then head. So I just kept smashing my head off the the ground, and the trainers were just like, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll get brain damage if you keep doing that. And then yeah, just kind of got that out of us. 
Uh, yeah, I struggle with that. I think leaps is always quite a struggle, but it's quite amazing how fast you like pick up on and stuff. Like, I nearly like, do it out of the ring <laughs> when I was doing the leap because it was kind of like just went under and I was like, right, I'll get up now and I'm just hit the ropes. I'm like, how did I get here so quick? That happened at an SW chase with this guy, uh, Dickie, his name was, and we were doing like the, the sleep leap. Yeah. So the guy leapt and he went under and he never brought his body up and he just literally <laughs> straight, boom, onto the floor. Yeah. <laughs> we hadn't seen Lionheart for about two weeks and he's like, this is the this is the part I love because you see so many fuck ups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cam, you have you found difficult to start? Back body drops. <laughs> I, uh, I kept going over Ric Flair because we were doing like a, an easier version with this guy that we called Happy Feet. Right. Yeah, that's what it is. And he moved uh, as I was going over. And obviously, as this is a podcast, you can't see, but I'm holding up my pinkies to show you what happened because I decided to use my hands to land. Uh, and it kind of gives me the fear, so I, I do a lot of like, I took the Ric Flair bump for a while. Uh, but, you know, these days, I can take a back while drop. It's not pretty, but I can, I can take one. Strike one by yourself. Um, Oh, I've taken my body drums, especially Darren Lewis. He used to launch you. Except I used to put the fear into Adam Shea because I used to tuck my neck at the last minute, like Jeff Hardy and Christian, and he used to be so paranoid that I was going to land on my face. I just tuck it at the last minute and he'd be like, stop doing that. It's like, how? It's making me worried. I'm going to do it more now. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, I agree with you, obviously. When you get into a ring, you do appreciate it a lot more because I was, when I was in BCW, as I say, it was a concrete flare with these stem gym mats and you used to let the back bump on that, hip toss on it and the, w- there was one time me and Jack just got into a bit of a dispute that he told me to fuck off out of the training centre and put no people when I'm staying here anyway um, we were doing victory rolls and if you've ever done a victory roll it's a weird concept because you're on somebody's shoulders and you have to go forward drop yourself on it basically the top of your own back avoiding your neck and roll under and when you're up there, you're like, ah, nah, I ain't doing that, I ain't, I ain't going forward. And Jack was like, ah, you need to go down. I was like, no, go down, no. Just get off the guy's shoulders, no problem, what we do next? Just fuck off. It's <laughs> like, no. So, um, when you're doing the ring, it's a lot different because you know it's a bit more party, but um, it's, there's no really hitting. I still can't do a damn drag though. See, actually, I'm dragging yeah. something. Yeah, I can't um, whip my, myself under. Yeah. yeah, you see so many people, it's, just, it's quite hard to do. I do a Japanese, that's the way I prefer to do it, although I've done it once and I still reverse the myself. Watch Ricky Steamboat, the master of the arm drag. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, figure, figure beauty. Yeah, I, get, I get the pretty famous. I can do most people like, don't have a clue. I can, there's moves that people go, how do you know how to do that? So I just taught myself. Like, leaps and split. Most of the, anything RVD and AJ Styles can do, I can do. But the stuff when I'm looking going, oh, I just can't do an arm drag. It just ain't happening. <laughs> See, for years, for years I couldn't do a knee drop. Uh, it wasn't even... Could do a knee drop? I couldn't do a knee drop, honestly. It wasn't even until maybe like two, three years ago. Uh, and I got talking about that. I think it was, it was either Nicky Cross or Whippy that taught me how to do it. But I'd never, literally, never done a knee drop. I did a big AJ bicycle one and I hate that. Jamie and Madan- uh, Jamie O'Malley thought I'd crushed Stevie's skull. Uh, <laughs> well landed his like, I thought you would drag your knee right jo- in his face. Joe Smith used to use it, uh, used to train the source and it was terrible, so I thought right, it looks good. Just hate it. Uh Jamie, what about yourself? Anything you found difficult? I think like 
It sounds stupid, right? But one of the big things is knowing your lefts from your rights. Yeah. Like, see if you're doing a sequence or something, right? But when you're doing the sequence, you're like, like line, line, hip toss, arm dragging. You're needing to know like right arm up, left arm up, in like two seconds. It's so easy to get confused with it all. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I, I keep going left, and I, I keep going the wrong yeah, way. Yeah, and like right. some people throw like <laughs> left lines as well, and then you're just so like, no. What Billy Gunn says to us when Billy Gunn was teaching is. See the guy that's running, mm-hmm. you're running a straight line. Ah, you're running a straight it's line. It's up to the guy that's throwing the line to pick the side. You know what I mean? Unless you're Old Dragon who can work both sides of these. Mm. Uh, it was sort of different. Like, see the asylum, it was sort of like when you started, everyone was sort of drilled in the same way. So, like, I remember doing sleep leaps in the ring and I only got to do it once, but I never actually got to do it. I was working with this other girl. She goes to leap. Uh, jumps up with both her knees up I run oh, straight in. I've seen that. I've seen that. I'm that? just sitting there with oh. like a pool of blood coming out my nose. Uh-huh. Um, so I never got to try it after that. And then also doing like sunset flips over the ropes and stuff. Like, yeah. I couldn't do that. But like everyone did the same thing. Whereas you go to PBW and it's sort of like, well, not everybody does the same thing. But if you're not pushing yourself, that's your fault. Mm-hmm. Like, so not everybody leaps, but you can bypass and stuff like that. So. Uh, if, if you if you physically feel as if you can't leap, there's always other ways around it. You know, yeah. switch, yeah. bypass, through a lame ducks. You know, yeah, you find like, some. You find what works for, for you. For you, yeah. It's with liver assessments and that's like leaps like essential. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like if you can't do it, then. But not everybody's not everybody's like a flyer. Oh yeah, it's like there's so many people you see like running at somebody else's like balls and it's just. I mean, like difference between me and him wrestle. I mean, there's a show during the one. The Battle Royal, it was you, me and Butcher were the last ones left, and I went to Stinger Splashy, didn't realise how high I jumped, and almost flew out the ring. <laughs> <laughs> almost, I, I seen the metal corner of the post, air his heat, and I seen I was coming down too high, and I went, I'm going to smash, I'm going to do a... Who done it? The Cesaro. Cesaro, I almost done that. <laughs> Luckily I grabbed onto his shoulders and he's wee pointed at the time, kind of yanked myself back, saved myself. And I, I can't break to that point. <laughs> I love for many years I've been like, I would love to do something with wrestling. I think I picked the right way of going through media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it, it, it's like, oh, it's like, maybe I should learn these things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. But it's fun seeing you did hurt yourself. I know it sounds really sick, you like me. So you kind of hurt yourself, you still get that out there, you're that buzzing, you don't actually feel it. Oh, yeah, I don't know, I kind of rush because it's like just the adrenaline's like hanging uh, and like slow down. So uh, I'm, like, oh, I'm really been sorry, con- I'm just like really pumped right now. I've been concussed in the event, but we're doing next. Don't you remember my name right now? So yeah, I remember doing this and this, this. Right, cool if you say so. Not just, a clue. I was just saying, I was like, I remember the first time I was doing a suplex. It was kind of like I, had, like I got the guy in the air, and I was, and then for all of a sudden I was just like, how do I fall back? And then I was like, sorry, <laughs> think about it. And then I started turning to Jack Jess, and he's just looking at me, and I'm like, oh shit, I've still got him in the air. And I'm like, just like having to like. You try to be impressive. It's a hanging suplex. I, I wasn't at all. I was just like, right, so did I just fall straight I, back, or am I doing his baseball, be lashing? I was in a I was in a six man for uh, when zero one came over when back when the back when the SW were partnered with zero one for a while uh, so we get the the zero one guys over to take training so it was European spirit and it was me Tom Fulton and Ian Ambrose against Jackie Poe uh, Nathan Black and Tim Wiley so I mean we, we planned the match good match uh, near the end I hit big big Sean with the the pelly kick. Clean sparked him out, 
totally forgot the finish. Jackie's like, good ring, good ring! So literally Jackie threw his aim partner out the ring so that we could go to the finish because he was he was in La La Land. Well, that's the one thing as well, like it's good that how you were saying with injuries, like uh, a couple months ago, it's not even like that big an injury, right? But uh, did a tie up with a girl and uh, ended up getting headbutted. Yeah. But it was like Is that cause she kept her head down? Yeah. 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 I think it was sort of both of us, but it was like we were, we were just rushing yeah. it. But my lump ended up like bigger than a microphone. It oh was literally God. like out there. And oh, I'm sitting nice. going, like, let's keep going. Like, I'm ready, I'll take the line. And right. I'm just sitting with we, this right out there. Right. I was going to say, we did have one guy who uh, was getting uh, scoop slammed, and the guy who was giving it sort of stuck his knee out, and his eye hit <laughs> right oh. off. Before he could get up, I was, it's like, see his eyes swelling. I was training at Reckless, and we were doing like a running overhead belly belly. And I uh, went up and never flipped enough and literally just head, neck, um, everything. Uh, uh, really hurt my shoulder for it. Luckily at Reckless, uh, there's a guy there, Joe Mills, he's a, like, he's a physical therapist, I'm pretty sure he's a lovely, lovely guy. Uh, cutting therapy, you ever tried cutting with it? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Magic. Love it. I had so much pain in my shoulder for about three weeks after it, he put the cups on it, done in a week. Fantastic guy, can I recommend that enough? You just basically learn how to like live with it, like all the pain, <laughs> yeah. all the injuries, uh, you just get on with it, you I still was, love it. My knees are killing me right now, I've done a crossbody and my <laughs> knee pads have worn oh. out. Oh, I've got knee pads have worn out. See my knee, yeah. see the fibre in your kneecap, I've tore that. <laughs> uh, twice once when Brad Fusion hit me with a dominator because my knee pad slid down and the other one was in a cross body my knee pad slid down so yeah. one week I tore one knee fibre and then the other week I tore another fibre and I was like ah, this is fantastic <laughs> no I did I just slid down I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're usually looking at us as if we want this to move on <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually loving it because it's for once Steve is not control he's <laughs> uh, really selling this wrestling great with all these injury chat <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's fantastic it's superficial injuries you know uh, so did you die? <laughs> <laughs> did you die though? We're the real life superheroes here. So yeah, there's, there's so many, there's clearly so many injuries you could do. So yeah, wrestling, don't try this at home kids. Yeah. Uh, That's why we have schools. <laughs> <laughs> Trampolines. But as we've talked about, there's not just the actual getting in there wrestling side of actually being a trainee or getting training. There's uh-huh. so much other stuff you you, you, didn't, you don't realise this until you get a bit more mm. in depth into the actual, I've kind of learned this just by having this podcast and you writing about wrestling there's so much other things that needs to be done on it various different things uh, Jamie you you came across on the flyering mm-hmm. um, it's not something people say is done as much but from what's said it's still a really big thing you'd be really surprised like people don't think about it that it happens nowadays because obviously you've got all the social media and stuff which does help like we do share everything on Facebook and Twitter and that but like going out to these local towns like right now we're flying for our Larbert show because PBW is back in the Dobby Hall on the 29th of September nice wee plug there um, <laughs> so we're out going out to Falkirk going out to Larbert all those places and flying and putting up posters and shops and stuff like that and it helps boost the sales so much more just other than doing it online you know Discovery mostly do online Discovery uh-huh. do barely any flying uh-huh. they only do them if they really have to I, I think it's see because like, Discovery don't really have a, like, a training school so they've not no. got an awful lot of trainees yeah. to drop on whereas with us we always get told that flying and building the ring that was mm-hmm. all part of paying your dues yeah. aye we were told you, uh, you were allowed what was it 2 out of 4 aye we, we done 2 flying sessions and so you had to go to a flying session and either build the ring or take the ring back down at the end of the night that was it, and you can see that in NXT WWE. They, 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 they still build the yeah. ring, that and, and it helps because then you know 
if you're building a ring, you know there's any problems with it. You know what I mean? You're not going to have to then do it go, oh wait, that board's a bit loose, or that rope's <laughs> no right, or whatever. Or what, what happened with Xbox when somebody put the tombuckle hook on the ring way and tore his arse? <laughs> you know that because you're in building the ring. Have you never seen that? That's horrendous. I haven't, no. Oh, horrendous. Oh, oh, oh. I remember Joe Henry like, breaking his leg, or was it Joe Coffey, uh, on a PSWG mat? Or... Maybe Coffee. Was he not? Was he not on crutches at one point? Uh-huh. Ago? Joe, Maybe uh, Coffee, yeah. Uh, I know, yeah, so. But yeah, the, the flying side is obviously bigger, and that helps with the pro- obviously the promoting uh-huh. side of it. I mean, do you just briefly do you see flying as the best way of promoting still, or is see, it the see, better way? See, to be honest, it's no really like I wouldn't say it's the best way, but it's an effective way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It depends uh, on the show as well. Like, see uh, if you're going out for an ICW show, right? It's not going to really work. But see if it's family shows. Uh-huh. Like the kids will see the posters and go, that's the big uh, grey little guy that's on TV. If they've got good posters, good for it, it will attract casuals. Yeah. It will attract your families, it will bring in your walk ins, whereas your hardcores and like your, your internet fans and stuff, they know they can get the, the information through the online social media. So it's a way of attracting a bigger audience, a biggest audience as you can, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the guys, a lot of the guys, uh, I spoke to the likes of Red Lightning and Lionheart for a recent article uh-huh. I did, and they were really, really talking about. Well, you still get the social media flying is still it's, it's major a big thing. I think it's kind of a you need to kind of spot them. If, if, you judge it. if you don't advertise your show, mm. you're not going to draw. It's that simple. Yeah. Whether it been adverts in a paper, whether it been flying, whether it been online social media, whether it been on the radio, word of mouth, you still need to advertise your show. Same as wrestlers these days, majority is have either a, a fan page or a Twitter or whatever. Uh, you know, Cavzilla19, Alex Cavanaugh on Facebook if you're that way inclined. Uh, you know, they need to promote themselves as well in the same way, you know. if I don't go around handing out flyers about me, which I really should. <laughs> Just professor. Uh, hey, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Wanna see me wrestle? <laughs> but obviously, that's, that, that's one part of the other side of it, but we kind of touched upon it the first time as well, there's, there's the costs. Uh-huh. It's not a cheap thing no, to get no, into. It's not, it's not a thing like you can walk in, your things are... Like with a lot of sports, you'd be surprised. Oh, I hear about it. Uh, there is a lot of costs, but there is things you need to pay uh, you to actually get in, and you need to pay, pay for your kit. Pay for your training, uh, which in a lot of schools they have either a pay monthly or a like pay as you go mm. option. So it does it makes it a bit easier depending where you want to go. Uh, you know what I mean? If you're like, oh, I can only train so many times this week, so I've got enough money for like, one or two sessions, or um, on the monthly debit, so I can go every week and it just, it just depends on your own personal circumstances mm-hmm. then obviously looking into buying stuff like your pads your boots or when you get to that level buying your gear which i can't stress enough if you don't put the money in for your gear mm-hmm. you're not going to look good but this is the thing as well it's kind of different when we started to let when we, when we first started the only place you could get gear was high spots aye <laughs> or uh, mma universe we all got kick pads for uh-huh. every one of us and I've only just learned now you can take that that logo off with nail varnish. <laughs> <laughs> so all that years of putting electrical tape out a kick pad was for nothing strike. We've done it for nothing. Or as I get told today, put gloss. White gloss I'll tap it to give me the black and white ones. Shocking. But Imagine. my first wrestling gear, my trunks were out of Matterland. They were jet black <laughs> swimming trunks. And I got a guy from Bell Salt to stick on the Yang Yang logos on the side. Yeah. <laughs> um, because bought, you wanted to be Rob Van Dam, wasn't it? Listen, we all want to be somebody. You know, Lionheart still uh, wants to be the rock. You know, you know who put who partly put loads of effort into his gear when he first started. It was John Cena in WWE. Yeah. He made a different coloured gear for every set that well, he was in for the local teams. Yeah, well, listen, I think that if if you buy gear and you only buy one set and you buy it into you buy your gear in black, 
their opponents wearing black, and mm -hmm. they've not got another set of gear with them. Kind of clashes. So as a, a wrestler, invest in your gear, but in as many different colours as possible. I've got the, the trunks with the barbed wire, and I've got them in like four different colours. And I'm looking to get more gear in different colours because, you know, everybody's wearing black, everybody's wearing red, mm -hmm. you know. Because it's not even just that, it's like, yeah, different colours, but also depends if you're a heel or a face. It's better to have different gears to establish uh -huh. yourself in that way. We all found JC Gymwear uh -huh. and you send them a drawing and they would make it and they would make it and I was actually quite surprised they made it to my actual drawing specific. I was like oh I made a fuck up on that but they've actually done it in my gear mm. ah well that's my gear now <laughs> um, whereas nowadays they've got so many gear oh, companies yeah. and so many different places that you can get stuff for like you've got your, your new lucha you still get your stuff for high spots you get your JJ Creations mm -hmm. M2M Vic Stitch uh, who else makes gear? Elucha. Elucha, I've already said Elucha, that's right. right. <laughs> uh, who else does make gear? Who makes your gear? Ebay. Uh, Elucha uh, right. has done my majority of my gear. Because uh, I quite like to see your, like, the whole arm. See, see that? That's actually that's cosplay stuff for Ebay. I'm not, not going to lie there, Quacky. You just did a Dave because we said they're literally two minutes before you. <laughs> no, no, because I was asking where he specifically goes. He was just listening. I, I, I specifically. No, no, I did say that's where he was. Like, oh, I, 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 did, I did get stuff for uh, Custom Cunts as well that I won. It was quite From nice. where? Custom oh. Cunts. Uh, Is that natural? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't really see them posting as much as they used to when they came out. Really? I, I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. It was spelled with a K. <laughs> Both words were spelled with a K. Because that makes it better. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember what the, the KK. It was like, it was like a K dot U dot N dot T. Was like, I can't remember. But there is also, um, you talk about cost. Another thing that we've kind of touched upon as well is a lot of people, especially in this country, it's not a full time job for them. Not, not yet. No, for not, not for most of them. They do need to kind of balance it with the other aspects of life. Uh, and you're a good example of this, obviously. Is it still a uni student? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Still trying to make some money. Yes, and wanting, I'm to be wanting to train to be a wrestler. Yeah. Got a lot of juggling there. Uh, there is a. Uh, fortunately, uh, I sort of signed up in March, so like uh, the exam season kind of starts uh, April, so we kind of finish uni in March. So I had time to kind of do it, but then it was trying to get a job. And luckily, I, I know a few people in England, so I got like, a job down there for like was it nine days for like 900 quid so I just had to miss a, a week of training but I managed to yeah, find yeah drug dealer I'll, I'll tell you on the download yeah. <laughs> no, no. off camera <laughs> on camera no, on the download <laughs> off camera though off camera though uh, no 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 uh, just festival work uh, I've, I've worked there a few years so drug like, dealer festival <laughs> <laughs> to be fair actually you could make a it, it, it is a family festival so. <laughs> I don't think I'd get to it and uh Oh, I, I found like a job as well. It's called like Silverback, and they do events. So the, I said to him that I do training on a Wednesday, and, and he's like, "That's fine. I'll just text you, and just if you can do these shifts, then that's it." And that's kind of kept us funded for it. Now I'm back at uni, and I've got my big student loan, so I'm like, look forward to paying that back. <laughs> uh, two two uh, grand still to pay back, I mean. Yeah. Really? Jesus. But there's so, there's so much balance. I mean, you said that, uh, Jimmy. You talked about how forty-five quid the tax, and all the other things yeah. coming. It wasn't easy. Uh, Strike. I mean, strike. Were you doing wrestling when you started when we were working in Kings? Uh, no, when I first started wrestling, when we first started, I was unemployed actually. Um, so <laughs> how did, how did you find the money? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, because yeah, I was like, the money I got, the money I did get, well, I wasn't for that. I wasn't really unemployed for that long. But the money I was getting, I gave most to my man for like, dig money and had like maybe 
twenty pound left to myself. No, I was just a case. I was like, right, I've got twenty pound left myself for a, a fortnight. So they kind of manage my money out for the bus to get there. I buy an Audi ticket on Sunday and then get the the obviously paid training, which was a tenner. So it was a case of paying for training that way. And then when I did start getting work, it was right because I always so many jobs turning and saying I can't work a Sunday. Oh yeah, how? that still happens. And they, they say to me like, how? So oh, I'm, I'm doing wrestling. And there was there was a job in, remember Global, the video company? Doing the road for me, oh, yeah. literally <laughs> doing the road. I was guaranteed that job. And I walked in and I was like, oh, how you doing? Talking with everyone. The manager was ready to say, can you start on Monday? I said, can I work Sundays? And I might not be able to work Saturdays. How? It's because um, I'm going to wrestling. So if I'm Sunday, I'm training. Saturday, I might be at a show. So probably twice a month I can't work on Saturday and I can't work on Sundays and she was like, alright, um, thanks very much for coming, enjoy the rest of your day and I was like, ah, well, but being young and stupid and you just kind of, that's, you, I just think if you didn't it, it is a lot harder and then when I was in Curry's I did go back for a bit when I'd done the, what this grog's called? Night of Wrestling. Night of Wrestling. Um, it was easier because I had money but then trying to get time off to go to the right mm. training was a nightmare, so it's, it's, you're, you're constantly just trying to get a balance. God, it, was, it was hard to get a, a day off when you just... It's hard to get a day off in general, never get a day off of wrestling. <laughs> I know. And you get back in the next day and your body's so, beat up and it's like, oh, okay, that wash machine out. When I, when I first started, I was at college when I first started, so it was a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I had a weekend job at the time, so I worked in Greg's at the weekend. Uh, I've then went on to be a, an assistant manager for Greg's, I've kind of no left. <laughs> but nothing with the degree I've got. Uh, luckily the manager in the, the store is quite accommodating if I need time off, see as long as I put it in advance I can get time off, but I have lost it on a lot of work for, like, companies in England, can you come down this weekend, oh, it's a bit short notice, I can't get anybody to cover a weekend or whatever, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's a nightmare trying to juggle that, trying to juggle your personal life, trying to juggle your gym, mm-hmm. it's, it's a grind, but if you don't want it, don't do it. I know. Oh. It's, 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 as, as, you, as you said earlier on, the more you put in there, yeah. the more you get out of it, you know. Literally, it's like I thought, I think every one of us has thought it's like, like about wrestling, the more you put in them, uh-huh. that's what you're going to get. Don't, don't, get, don't yeah. get me wrong, see, last year, December, I was ready, I was ready to pack a whole lot in. Uh, just fed up with everything, but mm. I've you know, given myself a kick up the arse that I need, I'm focusing on just getting myself as good as I can. Mm. I did get criticised on that though, I said that I was at work and I was obviously in the gym. And they say, I, I, say, I did say, listen, I can only do the training once a month. And um, I get to tell that <laughs> I, I, you need to come to training there. I says, well, but I need to go to the gym to have the physique to look like an actual wrestler. So it's kind of, kind of see where I'm coming from. It's not okay, I say I'm more likely to go to training once a week to just day training and then piss off. Mm-hmm. I'm actually in the gym four other nights, murdering myself to have a good physique to look like. Because there's a few people that have done shows and I'm looking going, I know this whole Vince McMahon era, the whole everybody's no six foot four and ripped to pieces. Big but, sweaty man. But, but Mikey Whiplash, <laughs> Mikey Whiplash did say something to the guys, and I thought that's what I've been trying to say for years. I just didn't know how to say it. Whippy says you need to look like you can honour yourself in a fight. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be shredded by six packing because I'm no guys who are bolt and they've got a glass jaw, but I know guys who are quite heavy who can scrap, but they look like they can go. But you get guys who look at it and you go. You look you've just walked to the pub, mate. You just look at well, you've walked to the pub, you're bored, decide to give this a shot and you're gonna wander away again. So it's, you need to kinda 
let's say, have the physique at the same time, but it's a, it's a, it is true, you try and put in as much as you can while trying to juggle other things on the other side. And that's quite a good point to move on to my next thing I was going to talk about. I mean, there's so much, there's so much in this, we could be talking all night about it, but I'm just going to quickly ask you all, actually, I mean, we've talked about the, all these sides of things, the trainings have done in the past, we've all talked about a lot of things in the past, what's your plans for the future? You especially, are you going to get back into wrestling? It's just finding somewhere to go, really. Um, you know a guy is a trainer. <laughs> no, I know, I, I knew Cav. No technical, not a trainer. I'm trying to sell you here. <laughs> <laughs> Private well, training. No, but as I'm saying, I'm a following Cav now because he does have his head screwed on straight, and when it comes to people training wise, he's always a judge, a good judge of character. Well, when I first met you, I did actually want to knock you out. A lot of people say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the feeling was mutual, man. Because every. Cav is not nice, he's the same with me, it's fine. Every, no, I, I wanted to use sack, there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> is it because is it I was just so naturally good at everything? No, you're just right? a smart ass. everything, just anything you say, you go, oh no, that's wrong, you just no. prove the point, you I'm, go, alright, you want to let something slide? No, no, no you did you fucking no. everything, I'm, I'm, like, I've got OCD that way, leave my lane. <laughs> that's how the first match at me and Falcon done we used to. You weren't in the ring as much, because I tried to stiff the shit out of you, but you kept sending sh- Divin. It's because I got told, I, I, I got told to, because I had, Shiv at the time was the, the wrestler, I was the mouth, because Shiv didn't talk. Ah, you were the mouth, that's how I wanted my horns on, but it was like, ah, do you know what, if I've got him, I've got him. So me folk could just stiff the shit out of him. Sorry Shiv, if you're listening. Stop, stop, um, stop one button, mate. <laughs> 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 that's his fault, mate. Oh wait, no, that's Mike's. Um, but, I don't know, I really, I, I, I do love bodybuilding, I do love wrestling, and, as I say, I'd say it's that, it's kind of different, you, you don't, if I go to bodybuilding, it's up to me. I can put my money in to compete on stage. I will get to be on stage, but it's up to me what I do the work to get the place. Whereas it's different with wrestling. You're putting your place in somebody else's hands. Mm-hmm. It's you. You think you're good enough to be on the get in that ring and do a show, but this other person's got other ideas. So that's the two contrasting things. Where I'm like, I want to do this, but I waste my time with that. But if I go back to that, I'm like, but I still miss this. So it's, I don't know. I'm thinking about doing both. Something that can't be done, but that boy was at Knife West. Kefi. He Kefi. competed for BNBF, mm. and I've competed for him before, and he's the ICW, so can't be done. Obviously, I'm a, a lot older than he is. Not by a lot, actually. What age is he? No, he's young. No, he, he's, he's like. He's not 90 years old. He's younger than me. 19? Something like that. He's stupid. 12 year older than I am. Jesus. That's maybe changed Strike's mind on that one. I can, still, Mate, I can still drink better than Miss Young and so the, the, I can, the, I can still wrestle better than The impossible will become possible if you can believe the unbelievable. Is that we'll a DDP? No, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> a night card belt. Arnoldco. Big holes for you. Or he's the behind thing, around Bo Dallas. <laughs> the only thing that's annoying is the fact that when I wrestled the first time I was 8 stone and now I'm 12 stone, I'm bigger, stronger and looked better and I can't get back in it so it's like, I don't know, what to, I really don't know what to do. Uh, Jamie, you think you might get booked soon? <laughs> uh, it's sort of a waiting now. Um, obviously, we have in PBW, we've got our academy shows. Um, and it's sort of just waiting for that decision whether you're trusted and good enough to get on those shows. Um, hopefully, within the next year, I would love to have the opportunity to get a debut. Stop. But we never know. We never know. This podcast will endorse it. 
<laughs> not, not financially. It's <laughs> a uh, little name drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve, Steve will personally fund it. <laughs> will you, you pay for all my stuff as well? Do you know how much I get paid? Yeah. You do do how expensive gear is. I know. I know. I, I, I've learned this in this show this I evening. I literally <laughs> just got new ring boots in today and it was £145. Kick pads. Fit in leather. I'm, I'm, I'm 60 I'm quid. still wearing the same boots that I got for high spots. They have lasted me at least 12 Are they black kings? And they're still going, mate. <laughs> mate, they look like Kane's boots. They're like that thick. Doesn't matter. I'm actually, I'm actually getting new boots at the end of the month, actually. Yeah. Good uh, time. Andy, you've passed your, your beginner training. Yeah. Uh, you're now doing on the, to the advanced course. Yeah. Do you see the events course going anywhere? Well, I don't know. Uh, to be fair, I was getting, I was struggling to bloody jump for a, fi- a fireman's carry because I was overthinking it. I was sort of like, because I'm like 17 stone, and they're like, right, we're, we're doing this move, so you do like fireman carry and, and that. And I was like, well, should I jump? And I was like jumping and going over the guy's head and stuff like that. But anyways, back to the question. Uh, I don't know where I see myself is literally not, like I'm 29 and uh, I, I'm not seeing like trying to go for the WWE or anything like that, but. Just if I if I get booked for a match or something like that, I just like to do a, a little match for friends and family, and that's probably it. Maybe uh, try and learn how to do a moonsault, and <laughs> that's, can you, that's can literally you, can it. You, can you give us a quick sneak peek of when your uh, documentary might be? It's not a documentary; it's a mockumentary. I have no idea. You have to ask uh, the champion, uh, David Campbell. Uh, he's still busy self-right. He's, he's, he's in Boston. <laughs> he is searching for lies and um, not doing a good, no, a good job. He's, on the t- he's found out on the TV. Yeah. No, but my plans are pretty much like small at the minute. So. And Tyler Bate taught us how to do moonsaults. Peter yeah. taught us how to do Canadian Destroyers. No, just moonsault for me. Yeah. Cal, what's your plan? Uh, at the minute, I've technically took some time away from training at the minute because I feel like I need to get my body into the best shape I can get in. Uh, I'm not a young man <laughs> anymore. So I need to, 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 but the guys that are coming through the day they all look fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I didn't feel I could compete with that. So I've took some time away to get myself into the best shape I can get. Uh, once I've got myself, I've literally got what, seven weeks left of the program I'm on. Mm-hmm. Once I look myself there, I'm deciding whether or no, you know, keep going or, or give up. And just focus on being me. But uh, the the main aim is once I'm at the, the shape I want to look like after this this program is there will be CBs sent everywhere. Uh, I'm hoping to get back in and on everybody's name. You know, get my name on everybody's lips, get out there. And have the one-man war machine wrecking havoc in any show possible, being booed off uh, <laughs> this podcast team. <laughs> we, we boo a lot. Cav, don't we? Cav, Cav. The one time that we cheered for somebody who was on this podcast, she gave us grief. Do <laughs> you remember rightly? Uh, Emily. Oh yeah. <laughs> she ripped. She ripped poor Sarah. Uh, so, final thoughts of before the show. I'm going to ask you all again one by one, and this is a question. Answer this anyway quickly. What word of advice would you give to anybody who would listen to this show, somehow wants to take all these nasty bumps and injuries you talked about, and wants to train? What word of advice would you give? Just in, just within in one minute. Yeah. Uh, literally. Pick a good school. Don't just pick the closest school. Pick a good school uh, that's a proven track record. In Scotland, we have so many, so you literally have as much choice as possible. Mm-hmm. Go in there, keep your mouth shut, keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, listen and respect anything. Even a guy who's been there a week before you has told you, because he's a week longer in the business and he's been there. You know what I mean? So, literally, respect the guys that are teaching you. They're taking time out of their lives to teach you. You know what I mean? Uh, just. You know, just go there and get 100%. If you're not getting it 100%, then don't bother coming. Strike. 
I would say I, I, I can't agree with Cav. I go if you're gonna go, get a hundred percent. But I'm on the real, no realistic. I don't know how to word this. Uh, when you go to it, go to it, enjoy it, try and do as much as you can, but do not put your life on hold for it. Because at the end of the day, it's still a hobby. Until you get booked over like Japan and Germany and stuff like that, if you're still just in Scotland, don't put your life on hold. Don't go, I can't get a girlfriend in case I have to get called up to NXT and it never happens. Don't go, oh, I'm not going to take this job or I'm not going to do this because this might happen, this might happen. Because it then gets to a point where you've done all this, you've sacrificed all this and you're still at the same bit or you're still, or even you've worse, you've gave it up for five years later and you're, you're like, I've just kind of missed all that. So if you want to do enough, like I say, I've done it myself, loved wrestling, loved in the shows, but then I seen bodybuilding and I said I always wanted to do that, I've always wanted to compete on stage like Arnold Schwarzenegger did. So I thought I'm going to come away for wrestling because this might not go anywhere, but I want to say I can at least have done that as well. Make it back to it in the future, which I'm doing, so that's my advice. Just mm-hmm. don't put your life on hold for it. Mm-hmm. Jamie? My biggest regret is basically waiting that like year to come back to it. Um, like I was saying like three months beforehand, like I'll keep coming back, I'll keep coming back, and every week something would come up. Uh, and when I finally got there, like it was scary, but I was so glad to be back. So no matter, it is important that you're in good physical condition, but I'm not gonna lie, like I'm not the best. I know I'm not the best. So don't put it off. Don't if you're gonna do it, you're not gonna make stupid reasons for why not or I can't. If you're gonna do it and you want to do it, you're gonna you're gonna be able to do it. So just do it. Are you promoting Nike? Andy? Yeah, like like everyone else has said, it's like just uh just get into it. Uh, if you've got an interest in it, you will not regret doing it. Uh, don't overthink it when you're doing when you're actually doing the moves and that, because everyone's on the same boat. And don't think you're alone. And ask questions if you're struggling, because even if it's a stupid question, like how do you jump, like. Oh, I've asked, I've asked some <laughs> stupid questions. Yeah. See, we've guest trainers, and I'm actually bored for asking questions. <laughs> I need to think before well, I say yeah. Yeah, no, it's going to be tough. And uh, definitely look into like research, like schools and the training and that before you do it, because the last thing you want to do is go in thinking this is just going to be an easy uphill thing for me, and you don't realise how hard it can be and, and how beneficial it is as well. It's like really good, right? Yeah, no, definitely. And see, if, and on, on this show tonight, we've, there's been a lot of great stuff actually been mentioned. So top had a lot of great discussion. I mean, I, I think me I'm, and Quark have both learned stuff that we've not learned. I've learned a lot of jargon that you guys have talked about. <laughs> but you've kind of heard some of these things. You're like, all oh, right, I'm, I'm just going to go on with it and think. We've had a right choice to host this show. <laughs> but no, there's a lot of great stuff in there and you've obviously gave some great advice. So yeah, that is us for this week's show. Uh, if this is the first time that you've listened to us again, if you like what you've listened to, the back catalogue is huge. We've got nearly 80 shows on there, including a range of interviews and a lot of analysis stuff. So that's on iTunes, Android podcasting sites and Spotify. Just search for Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. You can follow us all on social social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at SuplexRetweet. If you've liked it, give us a rating. It needs to be a good one. If you're not going to rate us one star, I mean, just go... I don't know. (laughs) Something way here. Watch watch Orange is the U Black or something. I don't really know. Whoa. It's good, but don't... It's not wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a Brian slogan. It's good, but it's not wrestling. (laughs) That's FDCT. You're listening. uh, Book me and Cal for the Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast, please. (laughs) 
<laughs> Do it now! Yeah. <laughs> I'll text him after the show, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's that contact. I will text him after the show. Yeah. Can I have better contacts than me? Aye, but his are not useful. So yeah, uh, coming up on the next few weeks of the show, uh, next week we have some, for some reason, like David Hockney back in the hosting chair. Oh my god. Uh, Jim Cornette of Scotland. (laughs) Where we will be be talking about the the career, the trials, the tribulations of the man who helped get the name of this podcast. Yes, we're talking about Brock Lesnar on next week's show. That should be good. We might... For those who have listened to the show in the past, we might get Alan on the panel. Get Billy be- Cupwood on the panel for that, because you know, he knows that I'm, I'm better than Brock Lesnar. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the week after that, we have got the second, the historic since the historic first. No, oh, the, the, for the first time ever since, since the, the first time, time ever. That's why I, number two. <laughs> uh, Two botches is not bad. <laughs> it's good for me. That, that's part of the charm of this show. That's all about the botches. Wait till you listen to Dave and Ross on shows. Oh, it's, it's a botch fest. Uh, so yeah, that all women shows part two is coming at the end of the month. Jamie, you'll be on that. Yes, I will go back. Mm, they will, they'll be talking about, among other things, the Evolution pay-per-view. So, and we'll also be talking about which wrestlers we would rather snog, marry or delete. <laughs> Can you give us a sneak peek of that now? And who would you have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, 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 I'll escalate this investigation for you, Kelly. Do you now follow me on Instagram when you tell The DM slider. I don't do DMs, I'll just post pictures and tag them. That'll be some DMs like, That's why I say we're that old, we don't want to use DMs. My phone's making this noise! Oh, yeah. You weren't there when we had the interesting conversation with Gary Kellen and Scott in the chicken cottage about DM sliding. We'll talk to you about that later on. Uh, but yes, that's what's coming up in the next few weeks. I would like to thank all my panel here, first of all, Andy Mitchell, thank you for coming back. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. To Jamie, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Uh, to Strack. Thanks for having me, but when have you booked me next? <laughs> Oh wait, you haven't? <laughs> I'll see you in 2018. 2018, yeah. Is this where the suffix gets brought in? Hashtag. <laughs> no, next year. Hashtag bootstrack, hashtag get Sammy on. Sammy. You won't give me the last choice. Oh. It's like, Sammy for Sammy. It's like, Strack, nobody else can be bald in these podcasts. Do you know what I did? I'll, I'll probably get booked before you for my in-depth interview that I know you're dying to hear, so. Yeah. Yes. You book him before me, you get stabbed. We'll, we'll get Sarah to interview you oh. as a punishment for booing. Uh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Give yeah. up Pelters, go on. Dude. Oh, don't worry, we'll stop this. Uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, to Cav, thank thanks you, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolute, absolute pl- we will get that interview sorted at some point. Uh, <laughs> if it's a while, it's because we really haven't booked Strack in a while. <laughs> and I can't deal with that grief. He lives five minutes up the road from me. It's gonna be don't <laughs> tell him. <laughs> he, he subscribes, he says. Secret, secret, yeah. secret podcast show. Listen, this always been the deal. You get booked, I get booked. Never the deal, mate. Uh, never the deal. As always, I thank my EP, Quacky Reggie. Who's, who's under the weather, so. Thanks yeah, for... I'm suffering with bird flu right now. No. Under the weather, can you ever be above the weather? You do not like smarters! That's why you don't get booked. <laughs> I've been Stephen Wilson and this has been Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Until next week, we'll see you later. Bye! 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 Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d**k.
tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the f*** you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions, get on it right now.